Continuing in our series of homilies from the book of Acts, we come now to the 20th chapter, beginning at verse 17. Hear the word of the Lord. From Miletus, Paul sent a message to Ephesus, asking the elders of the church to meet him. When they came to them, he said to them, you yourselves know that I lived among you the entire time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears, enduring the trials that came to me through the plots of the Jews. I did not shrink from doing anything helpful, proclaiming the message to you and teaching you publicly and from house to house, as I testified to both Jews and Greeks about repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus. And now as a captive to the Spirit, I'm on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except the Holy Spirit testifies to me and every city that imprisonment and persecutions are waiting for me. But I do not count my life of any value to myself. If only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the good news of God's grace. The word of the Lord. Amen. Holy God, again, we've come here placing our lives in front of your word, asking that you will use it to transform us closer into the very image of Jesus Christ, in whose name we ask this. Amen. Our text today comes at the end of Paul's third missionary journey. He has stopped along the seaport town of Miletus, and he sent word to the elders of the church at Ephesus. Ephesus, that church where he spent three years planting the church and developing it and strengthening it. When the elders of that church came to Miletus, Paul said to them, I am a captive of the Holy Spirit, and this Spirit is now leading me to Jerusalem and I will never see you again. It is time for us to say goodbye. This is the only speech that Luke records Paul giving to the church. All the other speeches he makes are either evangelistic or they're legal defense. So it's striking that the only speech we have recorded of Paul talking to believers is explaining to them about the importance of saying goodbye. He believes that if you are captive to the Holy Spirit, you ought to know how to do this. It's still gonna be quite painful, but anyone led by the Spirit will get plenty of practice saying goodbye. Luke even kind of depicts this conversation, or this, I should say this, this speech that Paul makes to the elders of Ephesus in a way very similar to how he depicts Jesus' conversations with his own disciples after Jesus, according to Luke, also set his face towards Jerusalem. Both of them knew what was waiting ahead for them in Jerusalem. They knew they weren't headed to something wonderful. They were clearly aware that it involved Imprisonment and persecution, as Paul says here. But they had to fulfill their mission. 
They couldn't opt out of this. As Paul says, if only I might finish my course in the ministry I have received by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The goal was never to avoid difficulty and hardship. The goal is to finish the mission. Now all of you have been in school for a long time. I know that. It was all that elementary school stuff and what was that really about and then there was middle school and high school and college and some of you have other graduate degrees before you came here. Some of you are in the master's programs, other you are doctoral students. You're hoping that eventually the system's going to run out of degrees for you. <laughs> and then, at last, you'll be free to get a job, or maybe even make a job, and at long, long last, settle down. And no doubt you've had great dreams about what it will be like to finally settle down, maybe even call it a real life. Be very, very careful of that goal. Because no matter how good the life is into which you settle, you're not going to get to keep it. Certainly not if you have surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Frankly, even if you haven't, you don't get to keep any life that you think is good enough. Dr. Robert Seifel, the former um, uh, director of World Vision, told a story once of uh, a Sunday afternoon that he had come home from church and he had plopped on a chair and plowed into the New York Times newspaper. And he got to the New York Times magazine and he opened it up about midway through. He found on one side, on the left side of the magazine, a full-page colored ad of this beautiful woman lying on a beach with this magnificent bracelet on her wrist, which is apparently what they were selling. On the opposite page was a story about starvation in sub-Sahara Africa. There was a huge picture of an emaciated child with a bloated belly. Dr. Seipel said it occurred to him at that moment that both of these people are dying, but only the starving child knows it. It doesn't matter how good a life you collect for yourself, don't settle for that because you're not going to get to keep it. Those of us who have just celebrated Easter live by a whole different hope. Our hope is not that we gather what we can until it's pried from our fingers. Our hope is a death-defying hope. We strive for things that death cannot take away. And we keep on the move towards this goal, towards this mission that we have received, towards this ministry that's been given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. What is good enough is never good enough for us. Not after Easter. No, no, we're going to stay on the move. We're going to stay following Jesus' invitation to keep moving. Jesus was not only on the move during his entire ministry, he kept inviting his disciples to stay on the move, to leave their fishing nets, to leave the tax collector tables, to leave their mother and father, to put their hands to the plow and don't look back, just keep moving. He kept saying things like, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He expected this of his apostles as well, who just stayed on the move. Frankly, three years in Ephesus for Paul is a long time. This is not just true of the New Testament. We find this all over the Old Testament as well. The patriarchs spent most of their life on the move. 
The identity of the Hebrew people was hammered out in the adversity of the long, long wilderness sojourn through the desert. That's where they discovered who they were. It's only when they tried to settle down that they started getting in trouble with God. And so it's not too long then before they're on the move again through dispersion and exile, all for the sake of their souls. Of the two symbols of worship in the Old Testament, the tabernacle and the temple, the early church embraced the tabernacle, that holy tent of meeting that was carried on our backs as we just keep moving one step after another. That was the model of ministry for 300 years until the church becomes legalized. Then it gets very temple-oriented. Then the mission gets in trouble again. To be a part of the church necessarily means that we have to just keep moving. But be clear about what kind of move this is. This is not typically what people mean when they're trying to motivate you to move up, to keep striving to climb. This is not a career advice I'm giving you here. I'm talking about discipleship. Again, Jesus and Paul were completely aware of what was waiting for them in Jerusalem, but they still had to fulfill their mission. They had to stay on the move because they knew who they were, they knew what they were about. There will be times as you stay on the move that you'll enter into wonderful, beautiful places, Places that you're going to want to stay, but you can't. Not when the Spirit says it's time to move. There'll be times when you enter into places of, like Jerusalem, places of hardship and persecution. Because of Easter, you don't have to stay there either. But you do have to keep on the move. Even if you leave here and enter into a ministry that you stay at for 20, 30 years, you'd better stay on the move during the, that entire ministry. You better not leave the church the same as you found it. Because the church itself has to stay on the move, just as you do. Marriages have to stay on the move to stay healthy. We have to stay on the move. Our our spirituality has to stay on the move. I hope that 20 years from now you'll change your mind about some things that you're absolutely certain of today. It will mean that you have stayed on the move. Why do we have to stay on the move? Because the Spirit has oriented our lives towards a kingdom that is coming, and it hasn't come yet. And we will stay on the move towards this kingdom that's coming our way, and we will devote our lives to going its way. And you can't stay still if you're devoted to this kingdom coming. That's the goal. So the goal is not to finally get done with school and find a place where you can just settle down and at last be okay, a place which is a great gift match for you. That's not the goal. I mean, it may be a means to the goal, but it's not the goal. The goal is not to find security. The goal is not to come up with a position that will satisfy your in-laws or your parents or, or even you, necessarily. The goal is not to find your life. The goal is to be a captive of the Holy Spirit who will insist on leading you into a life devoted to things that make a difference, into things that bring hope, far greater hope and much more difference than you could come up with on your own. The Spirit will engraft you into this holy narrative called the kingdom coming, a much better narrative than you can write for your own life. And you will be a part of that grand narrative that is a drama on the move. 
In the words of Reinhold Niebuhr, nothing worth doing can be accomplished in one lifetime. You will inherit a baton from those who've run the race before you. And you will, you will run your race all the days of your life towards the kingdom. And someday you'll place that baton in the generation behind you. And in that you'll find your delight and your joy in your life. You'll never settle. Not when there's a kingdom to work for. If only I might finish my course in the ministry the Lord Jesus has given me. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.